Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth about staying on the right path. If you enter the narrow gate, then you will have to travel the narrow way. Absolutely. No if or but about it. But don't confuse the straight and narrow for legalistic and uncompassionate. The straight and narrow is full of grace, love, and compassion more than you will ever imagine. Because it is so straight and narrow, there is so much grace and so much mercy that will enable you to walk in. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. According to recent statistics, approximately 90% of Americans claim to be Christians. Now, if this was true in practice, that would be reason to rejoice, but unfortunately, our actions are not consistent with our claims. Today, Pastor Xavier helps set the record straight, and he discusses what it really means to be a committed follower of Jesus Christ. Let's listen as he brings us today's powerful message, The Straight and Narrow. Matthew chapter 7, we're going to look at verses 13 through 29. The Sermon on the Mount has uh, been contrasting the citizen of the kingdom with those who profess to be in the kingdom. You can't miss that contrast uh, as one of the many messages in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus has said some very key things. He has said, unless our righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, by no means will we enter the kingdom of God. Chapter 5, verse 20. He also said that we are to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and then all the necessary things for life will be added unto us. Chapter 6, verse 33. Please mark all necessary things, not all luxuries. Thirdly, if we are citizens of the kingdom, the characteristics of spiritual character will be evident. And you find that in chapter 5, verse 3 through 12 the Beatitudes. Absolutely, these three things he has made perfectly clear. But in Christendom, there's a lot of mixed multitude. They're not all Christians. Today, we see many who are traveling down the road of Christianity inconsistently with what the Scriptures declare. And for the most, Christendom is embracing it, not only tolerating it, but encouraging it in various subtle ways. Let me point out three things. The narrow gate of heaven is being confused with the broad way to hell. Secondly, the confined or compressed road of Christ, which leads to life, is being broadened by alternatives and choices of behavioral modification rather than transformation. Thirdly, the many on the road to destruction are being identified with the few on the road to life. There's mixed messages going on today within the overall view of the church that we are looking at. And so it's almost to the point to where it's very hard to identify a Christian from the non-Christian. 
because there is such a mixture, there is such a, a plastic coating, that the only thing that really is going to show us is the test of time. That's the absolute evidence of your Christianity and mine, the test of time. Remember, Jesus is finalizing the Sermon on the Mount here when he gets to chapter 7. And he has been talking to his disciples, Christians, not the multitudes. The topic is the kingdom and the life of the kingdom. And here now in chapter 7, chapter 7 deals with various aspects of judgment and discernment regarding the kingdom. And he's winding his message down, and when he gets down to verse 13, he begins by making an appeal to the kingdom. He has laid everything before them. And now he makes his appeal. Let me read verses 13 down through 29, and then we'll take a section at a time. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather graves from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? The question is rhetorical. Of course not. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, conclusion to the section he's been talking about from verse 1 to here. By their fruits, you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, conclusion of the whole matter, not only of this chapter, but of the Sermon on the Mount. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat on the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Now everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat on the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Look with me first at the appeal to enter the kingdom in verses 13 and 14. First, there are two gates that Jesus says exist in this life. The one is a wide gate. Anyone can get through that gate. Anything can be brought along in that gate. It makes no difference. There's no discretion. The second gate 
is a very narrow gate. That means that only certain people can get in it and you can only bring certain things. There's a direct contrast here. Everything that you have in life, everything you come across in life will be one of these two gates. Either that gate will be lined up with the kingdom of God or that gate will be lined up with the kingdom of hell. Now, I'm not going to argue that the various shades and levels of hell and the various uh, shades and aspects of evil in this world. Because the Bible is clear in 1 John that either we belong to God the Father or we belong to Satan, who is our father. One of the two. Jesus told the Jews one day, he blew them away. They tried to ensnare him and to insult him and say, you know, we know who our father is. Can you believe calling Jesus a bastard? That's what they called him. We know who our father is. We've heard who your father might be. Maybe a Roman soldier. He says, your father's the devil. <laughs> kind of took him back a little bit. You see, they were saying all the right things. They were the elite of Israel. But they were entering in through the very broad gate. Jesus said in John 10, 9, I am the gate of the sheepfold. If any man's going to enter in, he must enter in through that gate. If any man enters any other way, he's a thief and a robber. Not only are there two gates, there are two roads. The broad road, one has ample space and appears to be secure, very spacious. It seems like you can just go about carefree and kind of do what you want and use your own discretion and do what you want and still think that you're okay. There's no real restriction. There's no real confinement. There's no real direction. You're just on the road. And it's so wide, many people are walking on that road, but nobody really knows where they're going. They're just walking down this huge road. It's like the, uh, the ox or the cattle that go to the slaughterhouse. They're just following if they knew where they were going, they wouldn't be going there. They'd be turning around. But the thing is that they don't know that they're going there. I had, um, I'm the chaplain for the Pasadena Fire Department and Police Department. So we have Bible studies on Wednesday morning and the uh, early afternoon. And uh, every once in a while they call me to do these things. You know, they have their graduation for the fire department. They had this one again. And I don't like all those things because it's just a big political thing. And so they want you to reverend to pray and bless this and that and all that. So, but as part of it, I go. And I always say, Lord, give me some words. Just, just a little nudge because it's not the place to get up there and do anything. And so they're all, you know, they're, they're congratulating these guys and they work hard and, and they deserve it and, and all the instruction and everything else and they're talking about fire prevention and, and the honor of that profession and everything else and so they ask Reverend Xavier Reese, they call me. I don't, I don't bother telling them I'm not Reverend, but to come up and close with the benediction. So I get up there, I says, well, I said, let's pray for these men and women that God protect them as they're out there serving the community. And then I said, you know, you might find it hard to believe, but I'm also in the fire prevention business. 
And I said, I hope you don't get caught in that fire. And then I said, let's pray for these men and women. Amazing. The second road is a narrow and confined way. One has to be vigilant, diligent to travel on this road. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way. If you go through the book of Acts and look up the word way in a concordance, you will find that the Christians were first called those on the way. When Paul was before Felix and Festus, he says, he, he preaches about those on the way. What, what is on the way? Where are they going? They're going where Jesus is. That's heaven. The way is very narrow, very confined. You can't bring a lot of things along. You can't do a lot of things. Not because God wants you to have a terrible life, but He wants you to have an abundant life. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to see the kingdom. I don't know how many of you have read Pilgrim's Progress. If you haven't, shame on you. You should go out and buy it as soon as you leave here today. And read about Christian entering the gate, coming to that hill, climbing up, entering the gate. As soon as he entered in that pack, that weight of sin just fell off of him. There were many around him who saw the gate, knew the gate, knew where it was, but they dared not enter in. It was too straight, too narrow. Not to speak of the road. And as Christian is traveling to there to the celestial city, there are so many obstacles. The valley of despair, the castle of the giant, all so many things. Very straight, very narrow. Now as I look to Christendom today and I see the lives of many people, they're telling me they've, they've entered the narrow gate. But there's only one problem. I see them traveling the broad way. It's inconsistent. If you enter the narrow gate, then you will have to travel the narrow way. Absolutely. No if or but about it. Don't let anybody confuse you or deceive you about that. But there are also two companies of people besides the gate and the road. First, there are the many who enter the broad gate and travel down the broad way or the broad road. Underline many. Many. Let me say it again. Many. This is where the majority of people go. Who is Jesus talking to? His disciples. Not to the multitudes. The world, for the most part, knows that they've got nowhere to go. That's where they're in such desperation and confusion of life. That's why young kids today don't care if they get AIDS. They're going to die anyway. That's why they're out there destroying their lives. No commitment. Because you know why? They have no hope. Our so-called educators are not giving any hope to our children. I hope you're giving hope to your children. Because education will not give them hope. A profession will not give them hope. Success will not give them hope. Pleasure will not give them hope. The only thing will give them hope 
is Jesus Christ. True, lasting hope. The other group is the few who enter the narrow gate and travel the narrow road. Now, this is not a very favorable road, nor a favorable gate. In Luke's Gospel, you can just jot this down, in Luke chapter 13, verses 22 through 24, it's the parallel passage, but don't confuse it to be the same thing. Jesus spoke many times the very same thing at different occasions. But the parallel passage is found there, and when he went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying towards Jerusalem, then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? And he said to them, Agonize to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter in and will not be able. Mark that well. The word strive means to agonize. Well, wait a minute, Xavier. Are you saying that I have to work for my salvation? No. But you've got to agonize. In other words, you cannot do it on your own energies. And it will cost you all of your energies to enter that gate and to walk down that narrow road. You know why? Because we're sinful people. We still have sin nature. We still have desires. We still have our own will. And we are swimming upstream. Now some of you may be swimming downstream. And you're telling me you're swimming upstream. It's inconsistent. These are the contrasts. The many and the few. Jesus said there will be few that will enter the kingdom of God. Peter said that as in the days of Noah, the entire world was destroyed by a flood, Jesus takes that very event and he says, as in the days of Noah, so will it be like the days of the Son of Man. Now stop and think about that. Eight people were saved. Now, don't think I'm saying only eight people are going to be saved. But they're going to be few. Let me say, some of us will not make it if we don't make the right choices. Jesus was very straightforward about the kingdom. He played no games. He spoke more about hell than he did about heaven. He wasn't afraid of you landing in heaven by accident. He was more interested in you landing in hell. And so he put the emphasis there. And we need to not water it down. You know me, I'm not a hell, fire, and brimstone preacher. On the other side, you have God's love. Anytime you lean too far to God's love and that's all you preach, you're going to have complacency. Anytime you lean too much on God's judgment, then you're going to have people being always afraid, not being secure, and not being peaceful. But there is that balance that has to be there. As he gives us this balance here, these contrasts, he gives us two destinies. The one leads to destruction, total ruin, total loss, 
Not just of what is here now, but what follows afterwards for all eternity. The emphasis is kingdom, eternity. Not now, temporary. The problem is that the many have their eyes on the temporary things now. The pleasure, the heartache. It's not fair. Why me? Let me ask you a better question. Why not you? Are you better than anybody else? Have you done something so fantastic that God is indebted to you? Why not you? You're as good as anybody else to go through what you're going through. Does God enjoy your misery? No. He walks with you in and through your misery. To teach you. To transform you. To make you more like Him and less like you. Amen. <laughs> That's the whole purpose of the gate and the way. To change you and myself. The other is the destiny that leads to life. Moses told the people in the law, back in Deuteronomy 30, verse 15, I have put before you today life and death, a blessing or a cursing. Choose what you want. Notice that God always gives us a choice. He doesn't force that choice upon us. There's not one person in this auditorium that if they miss heaven, they'll have a gripe against God because it will be a matter of choice. You have a choice of who you're going to marry. Now, when you don't exercise your choice with wisdom, then you say, well, you know, I, I didn't know her. I didn't know him. And, you know, he said this. And, you know, we start looking for excuses because we want to justify ourselves why we weren't wise. We don't want to say, I was stupid. I made a mistake. I want to find fault. We're always looking for a scapegoat. But there will be no scapegoat when you stand before God. It leads to life. The destinies are sure. The destinies are set. As long as you're walking in them. But the good news is that if you're walking down the road of destruction, there's always time to turn as long as you haven't died and as long as you respond to the gospel. Joshua 24, 15 says, Choose you this day whom you will serve, and for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That decision has to be made by you individually. Kids, your parents cannot decide for you. You have to make that choice. You have to make that stand. Your parents cannot make that for you. See, the decision is individually, not collectively. My children will have to give an account of their own life. I am responsible to set the standard, to put the boundaries, and to say these are the consequences. And I'm to treat them as my father treats me with the absolute standard of the word, grace, mercy, and compassion. But as God chastens me, God help me if I don't chasten my children. Straight and narrow. But don't confuse the straight and narrow for legalistic and uncompassion. The straight and narrow is full of grace, love, and compassion more than you will ever imagine. Because it is so straight and narrow, there is so much grace and so much mercy 
that will enable you to walk it. Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth about walking with God. And you can request a copy of today's powerful study from the book of Matthew called The Straight and Narrow. It's available on CD for just $4. And this is one message you'll want to pass on to your brothers and sisters in the Lord. So be sure and request an additional copy. The title to ask for once again is The Straight and Narrow, or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And don't forget to include the call letters of this station when you contact us. Cutting spiritual corners may get you there faster, but not without consequences. Find out more when you join Pastor Xavier Reese for the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com